Shring. And welcome to Iron Sharpens Iron. And on tonight's episode is Mo. And uh, as we know from the No Name Yet podcast, he is the other guy on the show. So how do you like the new uh, beginning of Iron Sharpens Iron? I feel like you're petty. <laughs> like you're really petty. Um, and corny, but in a funny way. I was like, that's not what I actually thought was going to be there. It was very like uh, very lazy on your part. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of going to a website and constructing a graphic with... <laughs> Iron actually sharpening iron and no, I mean you could have been did a better job of get recording your father, you know, scraping two knives together. (laughs) You know, yeah, yeah. Could have got you could have got the the two twins to get two, uh, purchase two dull blades and have them hit the blades together real quick. Oh, that's a good idea. I kind of like that. And, uh, you know, and, get the silhouette out, you know, just like have two young bodies and, you know, yeah. no, you, you went with the, the petty option. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, whatever we can do to bring a smile let's, to people's uh, face. Listen, you... I, I just think that I'm not going to give my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, apparently giving my opinion leads to petty things like this. <laughs> So uh, today, uh, what we're going to be talking about is uh, the letter of James, and uh, specifically uh, chapter 2, verses 14 through 26, and uh, we'll be discussing the concept of uh, faiths and works, or and or uh, faith, uh, sorry, Faith and works, faith and deeds is another way of of saying it, Uh, a concept that is a discussion that happens uh, a lot in Christianity. All right, before we read the scripture, I I just want to uh, discuss the letter of James in general. If uh, you're new to the Bible, that uh, you're going to find the letter of James Toward the back of the Bible, okay, toward the back of the Bible, it's hard to see. I don't have a lot of room to move here, but it's toward the back of the Bible where there's a bunch of letters, and uh, sometimes they're referred to as epistles, Um, but uh, these were collected letters that gives us uh, more insight on Christianity on uh, the people that came after Jesus that were trying to figure out how to articulate this faith in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm reading from a Catholic website, and that's important for uh, a reason that I'll point out in a minute, just so we have an idea of what this letter of James uh, is. And uh, this says that the person to whom this letter is ascribed can scarcely be one of the two members of the 12 who bore the name James. For he is not identified as an apostle, but only as a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. So a lot of commentary on the Bible uh, will discuss, uh, can we say with a relative certainty that the person that is given credit for writing it is actually the person that did write it or who actually wrote it. And uh, as we, um, in this day and age, uh, have strict uh, prohibitions about, say, plagiarism or really identifying who was the source of a work Uh, Back in ancient times, borrowing material or attributing a work to, say, uh, a well-known person uh, was uh, something that was more common than we might have thought it was. Amen? Mm. Um, So uh, there's nothing nefarious about somebody else writing this and and saying that it's the letter of James. Um. 
So this goes on, uh, sorry for the stilted language. Uh, this designation uh, most probably refers to the third New Testament personage of James, a relative of Jesus, who is usually called the brother of the Lord. And so since I have uh, worshipped from uh, a Protestant and uh, a Roman Catholic or independent Catholic uh, perspective that uh, Catholicism maintains that uh, Mary was forever virgin. So in this case, to acknowledge that uh, James was the brother of Jesus would imply that Mary had um, other children, therefore, therefore having to have... Uh, intercourse with joseph now here's here's this here's this this is a fascinating um this this topic is very fascinating and i i really don't hear a lot of people talk about it but um i saw a clip with chris rock talking about the same thing and um i, I want to find a movie but it was on a, a tiktok clip and i was like very fascinated and that was the first time i heard anybody um talk about this one but yes i always thought it would just make sense that mary and joseph would have more kids mm -hmm. um I, it just made more sense to me um that there would be even descendants from that same line and they still would be considered from the line and blood of joseph and mary you know um i think uh i don't think god ever took took Joseph out of the picture and said he wasn't a father. You know, um, I think he was an obedient father. And he was a he was a he was a great father for uh, uh Jesus uh to be here with, you know, and, and get protection from. Mm -hmm. And he held it down. He held it down as a man and um he protected his child and his wife. And it just makes more sense for him to have more kids. Um, it's a very common thing in that period. You know, most people had large families. <laughs> so, you know, so it just, it it makes no other sense that she would have multiple, even daughters yeah. or so, you know. I, I, I guess the stakes became high on portraying uh, the Mother Mary as the Virgin Mother Mary. Mm -hmm. um, I can respect um, Mary and uh ask uh the spirit of mary to pray for me uh as somebody who mothered several children and so who who uh, mothered seven children mary mary the mother mary, mary yeah oh okay okay you know okay. i mean i mean now that i'm an independent catholic and, and as part of some of our liturgies that we you know it is said uh you know, uh, mother of God, Mary, ever virgin. Mm -hmm. Um. So, I, I, you know, I don't mean to come out here and say, well, I'm going to believe what I'm going to believe. But the thing is, in my spirit, that the veneration of Mary, you know, holding Mary up as the mother of God, I do like that as part of Catholicism. Um, and, uh, I also uh I also respect and honor her motherhood no matter how many children that she had. Yes, that's that, that's exactly. That's what I'm saying when you say when everybody holds it up to one lens, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't, you know, that's beautiful for, you know, that, you know, especially if Jesus is the first child, right? But in the long scheme of things, her having other children doesn't de devalue her. Right. We still honor her as a woman. And, and, some, and some people may be asking, how could she be ever virgin if she had Jesus? Uh, so her her uh, pregnancy uh, was made possible through the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. um, so that be that as it may, uh, I, apparently, it left her a virgin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> left, it left her a virgin, and once he was out the womb, 
She wasn't a virgin. She can. <laughs> she had to be a virgin. Yeah. So. All right. All right. All right. All right. Let's get. Let's not get bogged down in this. So let's get into the letter. Um. So the the other the other things uh, about this James is they believe that this would have been the James that was um, uh, ministering in Jerusalem. So he would be ministering, uh, uh, probably mostly to uh, Jewish Christians, and that this letter is looked at as a wisdom text. Uh, kind of in the same manner as Proverbs. Uh, it's, uh, it's a letter that um, uh, addresses ethical behavior of Christians. Um, I know that uh, there are uh, major figures in Christianity that don't like this letter, that um, Martin Luther uh, said that the letter of James wasn't worth the paper that it was written on. Um, I don't agree with them. I get a lot out of this letter. And um, so I think it's a good letter for people to, to look at. Uh, the one, you know, one of the big things that people go to James uh, for is instruction about what we say and what we, what comes out of our mouths, the mm -hmm. power of the tongue. Mm hmm um, and it's uh, some good wisdom scripture. But what we're focused on uh, today is the concept of uh, faith and works or faith and deeds. And so let me uh, read this passage of scripture. James, uh, second chapter, verses 14 through 26 and it reads like this from the New International Version. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. In the same way, was it not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in different direction? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Let us be blessed by the reading of God's word. Thanks be to God. So any initial uh, commentary on the scripture from you? This is, this is, um, I'm glad you read it. I'm glad you read it again for me because uh, this is a conversation that's used daily in my life uh, between friends, uh, my close friends that talk, we talk about the Bible with. And it's one of those things that, you don't see anything um, 
much of in life. So I 100% agree you have to, and I worry about that myself. That's why I'm very careful about preaching to other people. It is, it, this is one of those things that's very, I'm very cautious about that. I want to talk about the creator with people, but I also don't want to preach to a person. And this is one of those reasons why, because <clears throat> as an individual, as a, as a believer and, and the higher power, I, I understand as an individual that I have much work and much deed to do. And and, and and trusting and having faith in what my uh, what was made laid out for me as an individual for myself so that I may um, pursue his blessings so obtain his blessings so when I when I hear this I'm like okay there's only so there's only one way to do it you know what I'm saying so it, and I, I feel like a lot of people uh want to um say otherwise they want to share something otherwise. So, so what, that, how would you sum up that one way of doing it? I would say it would be, it would be, it would be uh, simply study and act. Study okay. and act. So, so, and study, study in, in a faith. With faith, it, it's not just reading your, your, your book, right? It's also practicing, praying, meditating, eating correctly, right? These, these are practicing, right? Studying, this is studying. And then acting would be how you interact with the world itself. What do you do? Do you volunteer for anywhere? Do you do you give your time to somebody else? Um, rather that's one or two, rather that's 10. So that's where the actions come in. So uh, that's what I mean by study and act, study and act. It, okay. it's, it's understanding the, the what you need as for the physical, as well as the mental and the spiritual, and in acting on it, as in demonstrating it, and and that I, I would say that our faith motivates us to do things that are beneficial to other people. Um, yeah, and the reason why I like this, uh, and and why I uh, I would like to discuss this concept of faith and deeds, or faith and works, is another way to say it, um, is. When when we look when we look in other parts of the Bible, it says if we repent of our sins and and call Jesus Lord that we are saved. It is by our faith that we are saved. If we believe that Jesus is the Savior, is the Messiah, is the Son of God, that we are made righteous by our faith because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, that Jesus won us the grace of God, that God's undeserved favor, because our, our very natures are sinful and an offense to God. But Jesus' sacrifice made us righteous, reconciled humanity with the Father. And let, me so, you, let me ask you this question, because... Uh -huh. Um, do you think, or, cause this is what I, I, I observed something and I want to know if it's being seen in the world. Um, everything you're saying is, is beautiful, right? On, on for face value, right? When you say these words, however, do you, from, from the world, do you think the world that we live in now versus the world where, where this was written in, in a different time period? where the uh, morality and beliefs were, um, like there's a structure to this, that that the people, the people that we have today that would say what you just said are, um, are following a, a similar structure to when this was written and meant to be um, passed on and and the lifestyle, like, do you think that the, do you, how, how do I want to put this? Do you see a similarity in the lifestyles of back then and to now? Um, well, that's a complex question in that, I mean, I, I can't make, you know, I mean, even, even scholars can only guesstimate mm. the, the culture at the time, um, I mean, I think that they can um, 
make pronouncements with some precision. Um, Mm -hmm. The one thing that I would refer to about, say, uh, from a moral point of view, is um, there was a time where I used to listen to an apologist who is now deceased named Ravi Zacharias. And he used to offer, uh, uh, you know, just great volumes of information in his broadcasts. And I don't know uh, what historian he was referring to, but a historian of the time. um, One name comes to mind, but I'm not going to say it because I'm not sure. uh, That described what life was like in, um, you know, in Jesus's time and that. There were people rejecting faith, in, no matter what faith it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were people uh, that were sinful, that, that were doing immoral things, that were doing immoral things out in the open. Um, I think that uh, what binds us from generation to generation and age to age is uh, human nature. Human nature has not changed so uh, for the, the so for the person who says uh what you said about faith and and come to Jesus and save um do you think that their morality is similar to maybe yours um i don't know that, that that's hard to say Yes. So the and the reason why I asked that the only simple reason why I asked that question is because what I observe is that when when though I grasp it much better, um there is a uh it's very interesting to see ego, not your ego, but people egos in 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 um in the world where we live now where uh, uh different groups are want to change the language. They want to um, make it more friendly for whatever motives and a, a, a adjectivity that they feel as though the Bible uh, can do for their lives, right? Instead of, um, instead of just following what was previously written um, or, or, or studying harder, um, so that they can grasp it better because I truly believe faith is a lifetime lesson. Mm -hmm. And I see a lot of people in their twenties and thirties and forties say they know I'm I'm like, there's no way any of y'all know there's, there's absolutely no way any of you know, I would say the person, I say the person that knows more is the one in their seventies and eighties. Well, you know, people in their seventies and eighties had a lot longer time to accumulate wisdom. Yeah. And, and and we have not reached wisdom in a, uh, as a conversation in the Bible, but wisdom is very uh, highly spoken of. Yeah. Right? And, and then and there are some people that live life and record life's lessons. Quicker. Yes, quicker, quicker than others. And there's yes, young people that, that I know true. have a great deal of wisdom, and I know some 70 and 80-year-olds who have none at all. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. Um, it, it's very true. So I just, fa- I just find it fascinating. I just... On that concept, please continue. I just was like thinking about okay. that. So, uh, and and back back to the 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 reason why I wanted to discuss this, um, and 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 hopefully, uh, you know, if if there is somebody out there that does not have a lot of experience with faith or scripture, that I hope you're still here with us, and uh, uh, and and the reason why I'm going to this <clears throat> and having this discussion is because th- th- there are other places where in the Bible where it tells us that we are not deemed righteous or, uh, say, uh, able to go to heaven through the things that we do, through our works, through our deeds. And then, and then you've got James coming along saying that faith without works is dead. Hmm. And 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 why I want us to talk about it is because faith is not a list of do's and don'ts. That 
faith is not a bunch of binary arguments. Good, bad, black, white, left, right. And this is something that I know that I've said uh, when we've discussed these things on other podcasts. I know I've said this from, from the, the pulpit and in Bible studies that I do not believe in a God that would write an entire library of books, which is the Bible's a library, to be taken in a literal sense only. Mm-hmm. That you're telling me that the creator of the universe cannot be poetic, cannot uh give us a library of stories and prose to challenge our way of thinking as he knows that this world that he created is culturally diverse, that the Bible is a living thing, just as the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit continue to live, that the scriptures continue to live through the ages. And so when we are saying that faith without works is dead, we can also say that you're not saved by your works. Amen? Those two things can exist at the same time. And so what we're saying is that you can't be saved by your works, meaning that somebody goes out on a daily basis and does things for people, say, for free. And it's with that intention, like I mowed a hundred lawns this summer for free, that's going to get me into heaven. (laughs) If you don't call Jesus as Lord, if you don't have faith in Christ, you you could mow a thousand lawns for free and not get into heaven. Amen? I hear you. And 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 when and when it comes into like what Jesus was trying to say to people was that in the beginning of the Bible in the Torah the first five books of what we Christians call the Bible is that you have the law you mm-hmm. have uh all these rules that 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 people that Jewish people had to follow and what Jesus was saying is Blindly following the law is not faith. Blindly following the do's and the don'ts is not faith. Yes. And I and I hope that makes sense to everybody that's listening uh, uh to us. You know, and, and, and I, I like this example that um you this know, is what they, they mean by when they say God knows your heart, you know. No, he just God knows your heart. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, what you do in public does does not, you know, we God knows your heart. He knows your thoughts. He knows what you truly feel. Maybe you're cursing the world at you, at, around you, as you as you clean your neighborhood. You know, maybe you it, no one else knows what you are attending in your head. And so but God and I, I like I like that aspect as an adult. Like, OK, yeah. Yeah. And then when you say, you know, you're cursing your neighborhood as you're going along, well, why are you cursing your neighborhood? You know, when you go into the Psalms, you know, the writers of the Psalms are cursing the people around them because the people around them wanted to take the writer of the Psalm out. (laughs) And in the midst of it, the, the writer of the Psalm is saying, please, God, help me. He's involving God, you know, in, in, in his, in his, uh, you know, in his rebuke of, of the neighborhood around him, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that, that, and, and th- this idea that, you know, we can go to, you know, people say to me, like when I visit them in the hospital, I like things to be neat. I like, you know, a, you know, B to come after a, you know, I, this way. And, and, and as you live, you find out that, uh, life is not always going to present itself in a, in a package that we want it to come in. 
Yeah. So true. And so I like this example that James says, suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. And one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed. Uh, you know, or we could even add to that and say, oh, yeah, I'll pray for you. And then, but does nothing about their physical better, needs. What good is yet. it? Go find a job in a home. Stay warm. <laughs> well, I don't have a job. I don't have a home. Can you help me? No. Nope. Yeah. I'll pray yeah. for you. Yeah, but I've I've applied I've applied for a hundred jobs. Mm-hmm. And and I and I haven't gotten any response. Mm-hmm. And that and that's I didn't make that up. That's two examples that I know of. Yeah. The people literally applied for over a hundred jobs. I'm I'm one of those people. <laughs> and you know. Had to leave a town to get to another town just to have that access to uh, a better work. Yeah. You know, so it, it, it's, it is a hard thing. Right. Um, So, you know, uh, you know, go in peace, keep warm and be well friends. Well, you know, where's the food coming from? Where's the, the shelter coming from? You know, and James says that uh, in the same way, faith by itself if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. That uh, if we're going to follow the way of Jesus Christ, uh, you know, Jesus Christ who fed 5,000, are we going to follow Jesus' example? We can't take 12 loaves of our, uh, uh, a loaf of bread and five fishes (laughs) and feed 5,000. But when we come together in Christian community, we can feed a lot of people. That's and that's where I was just about to say that that's where community comes in. The house. And then, uh, you know, as we get to the end of the scripture, uh, you know, I just want to clarify for people that uh, are still uh, learning, uh, still learning the Bible or trying to get into the Bible. And excuse me. It says, you foolish person, do you do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. So, in in a nutshell, that this is referring to a story in Genesis where Abraham is told by God, uh, to bring his son Isaac up on the mountain and, and to sacrifice him to the Lord. Now, this is a son that Abraham waited a very long time to have. And that Abraham went and did that. And at the last minute, God told him not to sacrifice Isaac, but uh, to sacrifice a ram that uh, God provided. And so you'll hear uh, a lot of folk that are familiar with the story in Bible studies say the undying faith of Abraham, that he was willing to sacrifice his son because of his faith in God. And that you will have people uh, that will criticize uh, uh, Abraham uh, for having blind faith. Uh, meaning that he would just do anything that God told him to do. Uh, And that there's other uh, people, scholars, seminarians, that will say that this was child abuse. Uh, That he put his son on this altar and was going to cut his throat. Listen, you know what's very clear to me is God knows something about the spirit better than you do. Amen. 
Amen. So when, worry, so when you're worried about the flesh, there's a, probably a reason why he says sacrifice this and sacrifice that, right? And uh -huh. we all identify that things have souls and they have lives, and these animals, for example, are living creatures. Um, there's a there's a spiritual aspect to that, you know, and there's a spiritual aspect. Maybe, perhaps, perhaps, maybe, just stay with me for a second. Perhaps that the flesh is actually not the concern for God, but the spirit itself, that he doesn't need to worry. So even if he destroys your flesh, that he has power over the spirit, that that flesh can always be remade and given new life. Like, perhaps that even if he took a soul, uh, the spirit out of the body, he can always replace it somewhere else. Well, let, let me let me ask you if... if, if if this is what you're saying, that Abraham's faith was so deep that no matter what happened, he believed that everything was going to be okay with Isaac and the situation. Yeah, I I believe that I believe this is what I know because I've, I'm reading a different book that's even older and that talks about Abraham and it brings up Abraham and it talks about exactly Abraham's relationship with God and even a deeper lesson. So this is why, and I'm not going to say anything because people already struggle to read the Bible. So I don't need you reading us something yet. You don't, you're not even familiar with this book, but there's other literature, even older of words that talk about Abraham. So, and it says this, these, 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 the relationship of, of God and Abraham and how close they really were and <clears throat> what knowledge was actually given to him in very, very clear detail. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying, and I know many people play, huh? But I'm just saying there is an aspect of the spirit that humans cannot grasp. And okay. it's, it's, it's very clear to me that humans try to grasp the spirit and they can never grasp it, that they are too attached to their flesh, as if okay. their flesh is them. Amen. And it's not you. It's just a vessel. It's just a thing that you're in right now. Think about like an avatar. You, you're in the body. You're supposed to do the work and you'll leave. And maybe you'll be called again for something else. Who knows? But obviously, even if that was the case, spirits, God has control and mastery over the energy in the spirit. And spirit is energy. And energy can always be pushed and pulled and grabbed and he has the ultimate authority over that i mean yeah. literally going to heaven is literally grabbing your energy and your spirit and pulling you up to a different dimension that we not cannot see like <laughs> hey everybody wants to go to a new dimension at the end of their life that's exactly the scientific so, so is that uh <laughs> are, are you saying are you sanctioning uh that uh terminology and those expressions as uh fact I'm saying it as I'm saying it more as, as look use different if this is too hard use it as a different word use it in different words okay like if you if you say heaven use the and if that's maybe you're a fantasy person use dimension use okay. realm use a different realm like these things that is unseen that's what those fantasy words are I'm saying sometimes people sometimes simplifying a word is better for people like oh yes like when i think of heaven i think of it as another realm a different dimension a different plane of dimension and i know i do and I, what i will say is we are made of energy that is a fact mm -hmm. so that's not that's not that's the spirit it's it's energy that's a fact so if you use it from that standpoint yes then i guess i am saying is a fact that god will take your spirit your energy and place you into another place where he is currently sitting at the throne waiting for you amen once you finish your mission once you obey once you do the things that you are meant to do and have faith you will be given this gift it's it's just you know if that, that's how I see it personally. Okay. That's how it works for me. For me personally, it works like that. I can't say it for anybody else, but my freedom and mindset is my own to be held. Amen. So in the, in the last part of the scripture, it says in the same way, was not even Rahab, the prostitute, considered righteous for what she did when she gave knowledge to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds, without works, is dead. 
So in referring to, to Rahab, when um, the scouts uh, from uh, the Israelite people uh, were, went to Jericho, that there was a prostitute that assisted the Israelites uh, in their attack of uh, Jericho. Mm -hmm. And I believe the reason why that James is referring to Rahab is she was not necessarily a believer in the Israelite God. Mm -hmm. But she exhibited faith as if she did believe in that God. And I know that of the, the the numbers of people that I've met throughout my life, people that for one reason or another stopped going to church or never went to church, exhibit are 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 shining examples. And I don't mean that that sarcasm. I mean and they are shining examples of the way of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. they, they just have it in their heart that the way of Christ, that the Gospels is writ already written on their heart. People like that exist. I'm not saying that, I'm not offering that as an excuse not to become part of a faith community. I wish more people would go to church, become part of a faith community, God says he wants to save his people, not his individuals. But be that as it may, that we do have to, especially believers, especially church-going believers, have to acknowledge that there are people out there that just have the gospel written on their heart naturally. Hmm. And uh, that Rahab... I believe is being pointed out as an example of one of those people. So, I mean, I you said God is not uh, not trying to save his individuals; he's trying to save his people, right? <laughs> I just laughed in my head because in my head I said to myself, "Well, I'm an individual, and you're an individual, and we're when we're together, we're a people." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm not. It was not a combative thing. It was more of a. Um, I you know because I I personally do not feel currently in my life as somebody that would like to uh, be a part of another organize organization. Mm -hmm. um, it would you know so. I uh, but I I do think that surrounding myself with somebody like yourself or Reverend and other people that speak the word of God. And having you amongst my life and in my circle, regardless of a building, I'm still receiving good ministry. Well, I, I I would agree with you there. Um, and that you you've chosen um good people around you. I, you know, I, I'm I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm saying <laughs> I, I think that no, I'm, I'm actually really good at choosing people. Yeah. I think Aaron is a good influence, and, and Rev, of course, is a good influence. Yourself, and you're a good influence. You know, Jasmine is a good influence, and it, it's it's and I and I I constantly, actually, unconscious, unconsciously, uh, seek people like that all the time with those similar values. Um, mm -hmm. who believe in our, our faith, yeah, you know, and believe in God. You know, I mean, even uh, it's even extending to even Jasmine friends where they're like, oh, you believe in God, and it's brought up in a conversation and they pray for me and we've never met, but mm -hmm. they pray for me. And you know what I'm saying? So it, it's just, uh, I, it just, I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I want to only combat that because I feel like I have a better community than those who go to a building. Yeah. And, 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 you know, when they've asked us to rethink church, you know, uh, is say there I mean, is a I network of people. Literally, mean a building. I really think the yeah. church meant the person, like you and I, connect and and we gather around each other spiritually and and give each other uh, vibrate at a certain frequency where we're connected and on the same ideas and beliefs 
and that we gather a community, which makes a house. So we can, I honestly feel like I've gone to diners and talk about God. I feel like if we, it's it just, it's just interesting concept to me, Yeah. but yeah, continue. Are, <laughs> are, you, are, you, <laughs> are you a Quaker? A Quaker. Uh, remind me what a Quaker is again. It's a, it's a, um, a den- I guess a denomination. Uh, I don't like that word anymore. <laughs> I was just about to say when you said denomination, I, I listen. I've been very, I've been very quiet. I don't like the word religion. And I don't like the word denomination. I don't like anything. I would rather, I would, I did truthfully, truthfully, I would rather have a Catholic, a Pentecostal, uh, a Baptist, a bunch of friends, and people from different different uh denominations and they say oh you know i'll be like this and challenge their conversation and challenge them not mm-hmm. not disrespect them challenge them and have conversation and and share information and versus well my denomination is that i, I just i think that i am since the beginning of my life everything has been gang mentality <laughs> <laughs> and i'm actually really tired of it i'm actually don't want to subscribe to any group anymore. I, I don't uh-huh. care. Anymore. I don't even want to subscribe to colors and stuff like that. It just, I am reaching a point where it's like, I, I truly believe my God does not care <laughs> about color or anything else like that. And I, I feel like uh, for me to evolve and grow as a spiritual person, I have to like let go of these concepts and identity. Well, well, ju- well just imagine, ju- just imagine, uh, uh, Mo, you know, uh, God creates this world. I'm right and, here. And, Let's start the, the world. <laughs> and, and 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 God creates it in such a way where the people that He created, who live near the equator, and live their lives in uh, the most intense sun exposure, would have darker skin to protect them. Yes, because that's science, and we already proven that. And that, and that, uh, 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 an all-knowing God that that created these mechanisms in the human body, uh, to adapt, created, you know, the, the, yeah, created adaptability in His creation, and that it was weaponized it, uh, by it. those of us that would become burnt toast if we go out with <laughs> sunscreen i mean it's just when you when you really when you think about it in those terms i mean how but, ridiculous Pastor, but this is exactly how i see it every day all my <laughs> life i'm just like this is maddening this is like this is like uh this is like um you arguing with your cousin telling your cousin i was born first and they're like, I'm two years older than you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the concept is maddening. And, and, and we're such beautiful. We're like, for some odd reason, we look at fishes and octopus and squids and sharks. And we go, that's a shark. But he adapted to this environment. Now he's a hammerhead shark. Uh-huh. Right? Like, we do this with animals. And then, but when you get to us, <laughs> when you get to the actual human race, we don't go, that's a human. And because they were in this portion of the world, they turned out to look this way. So now they're mm-hmm. a, you know, they're a, uh, they're from, you know, they're not, they're still human. They're just this thing. This is ethnic. They're not a different human. They're not a different race. They're just this thing because they went to this location and adapted these abilities so now that they can do different things that this group over here may not be able to do Uh but they're still humans they just look different but we in this society have have lost our damn minds (laughs) (laughs) so it's fascinating to me i can call a codfish no see a codfish that's a cod i can see a salmon that's a salmon but not not once in my brain do I say that's not a fish anymore. Yeah, right, yeah. Amen. <laughs> well, why don't we end it there? Amen.
And uh, I just encourage those that are uh, trying to understand the Bible better, trying to understand faith better, that uh, to investigate your faith, to uh, ask yourself, uh, what is it that my faith in uh, being uh, greater than myself does to me? And that when we look at the example of Jesus Christ, uh, Jesus Christ, uh, who touched people that were considered to be untouchable, that forgave people that were considered to be unforgivable, and how we allow that to affect our actions in our daily living. And how do the things that we do, decide to do or do naturally, exhibit our faith? Amen? Amen. Amen. And uh, on uh, Iron Sharpens Iron, uh, the guest prays us out. So, Brother Mo, please uh, give us a prayer. Dear Heavenly Creator, who has power over all, who sits on the throne, we want to thank you for everything. We want to thank you for this conversation that you have burnt us, put us in the to put us in the the hot stones and crafted us and making making us sharp, um, creating and creating better minds and better spirits that you are allowing us to reconnect with ourselves and our brothers and sisters and have these important conversations that you do not see us as wrong, but you see us as children who, who seek out your knowledge and wish to grow no matter how long that may take. And we wanna, th we wanna thank you for this life because every day is a lesson and every day we are happy to learn that lesson. And though we may be wrong today, we know with, with study and studying with faith uh, and working in faith that we will we will get closer and closer to your to your kingdom. And when we reach your your gates, that we will be able to say, glory, hallelujah, because we know that we have done the work that you asked us to do. So for all those who have spent time with us today, thank you so much for being here. I wish many, many blessings on your life and security to my brothers and sisters in the world, my Americans and this our country. We are just thank you for joining us. And I hope that you join us once again for a conversation. And even if we have 10, five, two ears, we know that we're impacting somebody. Amen. Amen. Good night. Good night.